There's a reason why in Florida, professional wrestling was deemed an essential business. Because it kicks ass. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. And this is Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Heel Turns and Headlocks podcast. I am your co-host, Brian LaPrey, and with me, as always, the one and only, Bear DiGiulio. And today's edition of the Heel Turns and Headlocks podcast is unlike any other, brother, and why don't you tell these fine people why? Well, this is 50, as they say. We are on episode number 50, and and that is why we keep thanking all of you at the end of every episode. We had hopes of getting this far, but it's it's a big difference between having the aspiration to get there and actually getting there. And now that we're here, it's a little surreal. You know, we've put a lot of time and energy into this, and we're going to continue to do so. A lot of time, energy, and money. And we're happy to do it. And One of the reasons we're happy to do it is because we have so many great people supporting us along the way. So thank you goes out to everyone who has made 50 possible and here's hoping for 50 more. 50,000 more. There you go. Why not? (laughs) Now on the topic of, well, I guess what 50 means to us and what 50 means to us is opportunity. It means that we were given this incredible opportunity to be on all of these platforms to share our opinions and our visions and people thankfully care, which is pretty damn cool. So we figured what better to dedicate the 50th episode to than opportunity. And in this situation, we're talking about maybe what some people would view as a step back, but for us, We don't view it that way anymore because we're talking about the five wrestlers who would benefit from potentially returning to NXT and allow us to say right off the bat, we're not going to get into things that are negative on this episode. We're simply going to look at these wrestlers who are former NXT superstars, or at least have a history with NXT And look at how they might fit into the NXT hierarchy, how they might benefit the brand itself, and how the brand might benefit them. Because NXT is not what it used to be. It's not developmental. It is a legitimate third brand in WWE. It does significant viewership on a nationally broadcasted network like USA. The same network, by the way, that Monday Night Raw is on. For that reason, we don't believe that this is a step back. We don't believe this is an insult. And we're not going to necessarily complain about what's happened on Raw or SmackDown. We just think that these five, well, if they went back to NXT, they might be able to change their legacies a bit. And that all starts with a guy who I think everybody who watched NXT had high hopes for, but hasn't quite found his footing between Raw and SmackDown, and he's been on both shows, that is Aleister Black. And 
Alistair Black, a former NXT champion, a guy who had two of my favorite matches in NXT history, one against Adam Cole, one against Velveteen Dream. Uh, he, and Al- he, excuse me, he and Ricochet stole the show at the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. That's actually how they debuted together on both Raw and SmackDown. Alistair Black, plain and simple, he's done a lot, and he's proven a lot during a very brief WWE career, if you really look at it in a vacuum. He only got signed four years ago. So I I don't believe that it's the end for the man formerly known as Tommy End. I just think that when you look at Alistair Black, and I believe Bear's about to echo this sentiment, the guy has megastar written all over him. The guy has face of the industry, or at least one of the faces of the industry written all over him. And well, if he's going to reach that status, maybe returning to where it all started for him is how he does it. And look, <clears throat> we don't do the rumor mill here at Heel Turns and Headlocks, but there was a rumor a couple of days ago that saw us see Alistair Black wanted a change to NXT. Now, we don't know if the rumors are true, but if they are, good timing on this episode, right? So, you know, Alistair on the main roster, we haven't seen him acquire the success that we thought he could. And that's it's not his fault necessarily. It's just, you know, it's a big pond. You know, WWE has three brands. I mean, Realistically, there's more than three brands. There's 205. There's there's just there's a lot of stuff going on. You can't push everybody to the top. Why not bring a guy like Alistair Black back to NXT? You know, and it's I'm not saying down to NXT because Brian said it. It's the third brand. It's a brand with a world championship, a championship that's defended around the world. You know, and there's some compelling stories to be told for Alistair Black if he were to go down to NXT. I said down. There's some compelling stories for Alistair Black if he were to choose to go back to NXT. You know, he lost that NXT championship to championship to Tommaso Ciampa, who's still there. You know, a feud with Finn Balor would just be money for the NXT championship. And if not, I mean, hell, Alistair Black versus Karrion Cross sounds like the kind of demonic feud I'd be into. The storytelling for that feud would be just awesome. And, you know, again, it's not necessarily it's not Alistair's fault that he hasn't had quite the opportunities that he could have on, quote unquote, the main roster, that being Raw and SmackDown. But a move to NXT could really shift momentum in his favor. And that's why I think this would be a really good move for the man who, by the way, I hope if he were to go back to NXT, they bring back that root of all evil theme song because that... That was a that was a bop, as the kids say. Look, Alistair Black, I think the only word I can fairly use to describe him is captivating. He's a captivating individual. It's not just, you know, one thing. It's the it's the whole package. You know, the entrance, phenomenal. As Bear said, the entrance music, no man is ever truly good, no man is ever truly evil. It sets the tone for what he's all about. Then you have this guy come out with these tattoos, these martial art skills in the ring, and this poise, almost stoic nature 
where you have no idea what's going on in his head, but you know that he could knock you out cold at any given moment. And for what it's worth, it's not as though Aleister Black has been without success between Raw and SmackDown. I mean, he beat AJ Styles in a match at a pay-per-view. You know, he won a match at WrestleMania over Bobby Lashley, now the United States champion for the second time. Uh, You know, he was in the Money in the Bank ladder match this year. Aleister Black has done things. His feud with Buddy Murphy was outstanding. His matches with Cesaro stole the show on multiple occasions. Aleister Black has done a lot. It's just, I can't help but stress this point. This is a guy who could be one of the faces of the industry. He's a guy who could be a legitimate franchise player, if not the franchise player, at least one of them. One of those guys who you just build with. And I'm not sure that he's been positioned to do that. And we're not going to throw around blame. But what I will say is when he was in NXT, everything he did was amazing you know say my name was one of the best rivalries not only of the year of the decade you know the the match he had with adam cole was unbelievable personally for me that was a five-star match you know his match with andrade for the nxt championship incredible alistair black consistently churned out memorable moments matches and rivalries in nxt and i think what we're just trying to say is we'd like to see him do that again and We believe that he is a guy who could help elevate the black and gold brand and potentially make this uh, Wednesday Night Wars fiasco even more interesting. Well, if you don't want the husband of the recently released Selena Vega, go check out our most recent podcast episode on Zelina Vega and where, not where she should sign next because that's completely up to her, but the companies that should be going after her. And there are quite a few. Free show. But if you do not want Zelina Vega's husband to go back to NXT, what about her former clients? What about another former NXT champion who, again, has had some moderate success on Monday Night Raw, but hasn't really solidified his place in the wwe hierarchy a guy who turned out classics between raw and smackdown with guys like Rey mysterio and you know umberto carrillo i guess classics is maybe a bit of a stretch on the second one but he and Rey mysterio had an incredible rivalry where they literally were just bringing lucha libre to the forefront of wwe it was really cool uh and i personally enjoyed parts of Andrade's reign as United States champion. It's just now that Zelina Vega is gone, now that his tag team partnership with Angel Garza appears to be no more. It's time for Andrade to take the next step in his career. And he's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. It's just a matter of being in the right environment to foster the growth of his legacy. And he's a guy who's accomplished a lot already. As I said, a former NXT champion, a former United States champion. Well, not just that. He's also a former IWGP Intercontinental champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, he's one of the best wrestlers of the past decade from CMLL. If Andrade were, not that we want him to, but if he were to ever leave WWE, he'd probably be the most coveted free agent in wrestling. 
that's really what we're trying to get across though is it's been a while since he felt that way it's been a while since he felt important cruel as that might be to say just being honest and he's too damn talented to not feel important so why not go back to nxt and remind everyone of who the hell he is and you know fun fact slash stat of the day the last time we saw Demon Finn Balor was a match in 2019 when he defended the Intercontinental Championship at Super Showdown against Andrade. So uh. Andrade's the Andrade's the kind of compelling character slash opponent enough for Finn who doesn't just bring out the demon whenever he so chooses. He does it when he has to, when he has to tap into something that he knows he has to go that extra that extra mile, if you will. You know, he had to do that against Andrade. He knew the ramifications of a match with Andrade. He retained the Intercontinental Championship. So to see that kind of feud revisited would be really cool in NXT. You know, Brian alluded to it. We haven't seen, quite frankly, much relevance for Andrade, which is such a shame because I'm such a big Andrade fan. And a move to NXT would be awesome. And if he's not competing for the NXT championship, why not go for the North American championship? I think he'd be an excellent um, North American contender. I mean, you know, let's give Leon Ruff a chance, current NXT North American champion, but putting Andrade in a feud with Johnny Gargano yet again, which by the way, they had a banger of a match at takeover, you know, put, put Andrade in there with a guy like Timothy Thatcher a guy like Dexter Loomis, a guy like Cameron Grimes. You have potentials of just really elevating the Wednesday Night Wars. I hate to use the term Wednesday Night Wars, but that's where we're at. It's a war, brother. Andrade really like kind of puts NXT higher on the platform when it comes to it, right? And how does AEW combat with that? You know, I know they've got a very deep roster as well, but adding Andrade to NXT really does add another cool layer to the black and gold brand i'd I'd love to see it and again like i'm a big andrade guy brian knows this i've got a shirt of andrade and without zelina vega now that she's been released and now him and angel garza seemingly have broken up for the for for good now it might do him more favors than not if he were to move back to nxt And before we move forward, let me just throw out one more possibility. You have a man in NXT who happens to be talking about upholding the legacy and the sanctity of Lucha Libre. I am pointing my finger at Brain right now like you sly son of a gun. (laughs) The leader of Legado de Fantasma, Santos Escobar. And yes, he's the cruiserweight champion. And by the way, Andrade technically would qualify to wrestle for that title. And I don't believe that that title should be viewed as lesser than, but even taking that title out of it, a feud or even a partnership between Andrade and Santos Escobar, perhaps they have different opinions on what Lucha Libre is meant to be. Perhaps they have the same shared opinion and they want to join forces and take this fight to become, to, to bring Lucha Libre to the forefront and, and get it the respect that it deserves. Maybe they want to team up for that. I, I don't know which direction they'd go, but put those guys together and I imagine magic will happen because they're both outstanding. One day we will do 
some kind of a tribute to Santos Escobar, Escobar because little, I would say legitimately one of Bear and I's favorite wrestlers in the world right now. We talk about him on the phone way more than we probably should, but there, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And speaking of guys who we absolutely adore, well, that word actually feels fitting because we adore this man. When you talk about the most underrated wrestlers in the world, don't you dare even have the conversation without first mentioning the guy we're about to because it pretty much begins and ends with him. I would venture to say one of the absolute best wrestlers of the past 20 years, a guy who killed it on the independent scene, not only in the United States, but in Europe as well. A guy who then went to WWE really at the beginning of the wave of independent wrestlers who signed with WWE and has been steadily just setting the bar pun intended ever since. Well, this is why we pay Brian the big bucks. That was <laughs> clever as all hell. Oh, you're too kind. But seriously, folks, the most underrated wrestler in the world, Cesaro. And perhaps he's so underrated that we all acknowledge he's underrated and he's not underrated anymore. I don't know. Point is, the guy is absolutely incredible. Singles competition, tag team competition. He is a seven-time WWE tag team champion three separate tag team partners that alone is impressive how about the fact that he is a former united states champion had one of the longest reigns of the past 20 years actually defended it quite consistently and one of the signature moments of his time as united states champion was going to nxt and having a rivalry with Sami Zayn. if you're a fan of nxt and and you've I, either you were around for the ride at the beginning of it, or you've gone back and looked at the history of it. You've likely seen some of those matches between Cesaro and Sami Zayn, where they just were reinventing the wheel, more or less. If you watch NXT UK, you likely remember that fairly recently, Cesaro had an incredible match with Ilya Dragunov, a guy who just had a match of the year candidate with Walter. I... I don't even want to think about how you were, what to do with Cesaro. All I know is that in NXT, the guy would thrive. The guy would be in his element because Ron Smackdown have always felt like the land of sports entertainment, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just certain individuals are better suited to thrive in that environment than others. In a wrestling environment like NXT often feels, Cesaro, I would venture to say that within a year, he would be NXT champion. We saw Finn Balor move from Raw and SmackDown to NXT to have wild success. He is the current reigning and defending NXT champion. We saw Tyler Breeze and Fandango do the same thing. Came back to NXT and they had a brief run as the NXT tag team champions. Cesaro never really got that opportunity in NXT. You know, we've seen him here and there against, you know, guys like Sami Zayn, guys like Ilya Dragunov at that takeover Blackpool, which was an awesome match. But, you know, seeing Cesaro in his current form, having a run, at least going for the NXT championship would really be cool. And there's so many dream feuds and potential matches that could really go down. And, you know, 
Velveteen Dream's a guy that comes to mind when I could see him going against Cesaro in a really compelling feud. You know, a guy like Champa, a guy like Timothy Thatcher, you know, Santos Escobar. We're we're gonna fantasy book the hell out of Santos Escobar, but him against Cesaro would be phenomenal. You know, we could see any member of Undisputed Era against Cesaro is money to be made. And again, you want to give another point in the quote unquote Wednesday night wars. It's going to be very hard for AEW to compete when Cesaro's on screen. The guy can wrestle anyone. The guy can do anything in the ring. He spun um, Ilya Dragunov in that match at TakeOver Blackpool like 40 times. I think it was 40. The guy's a freak of nature. And I never saw it coming in terms of... We we saw it when he was in the independent scene. Cesaro was very captivating as a part of the Kings of Wrestling with Chris Hero. So... We knew he was a good tag team wrestler, but for him to have all these different partners like Tyson Kidd, Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, Sheamus, The Bar, it, it's wild to think that he's become one of the better tag team wrestlers on the planet. It's weird, but give him that singles run, give him that singles push, even if you don't put him in NXT title contention, he'd be a killer North American champion. Sign us the F up, right? One of the things that, fans of Cesaro I think would support is that maybe his confidence has been rattled as a singles competitor because for so long it's like he's the gatekeeper if you can hang with Cesaro you can hang with anyone and that's fair that's absolutely true if you can hang with Cesaro you can legitimately hang with anyone because Cesaro can absolutely crush it against anybody I mean he had when John Cena did the U.S. Open Challenge his match with Cesaro was arguably the best of it and that whole u.s open challenge produced some great matches i think the thing about cesaro that maybe we'd see in nxt that we haven't seen on raw or smackdown is that confidence in his ability to just be what he is this guy who towers over most of the wrestlers in today's industry this guy with lean muscle that has produced what most WWE superstars agree are the most impressive feats of strength in WWE. They, a lot of people call him the pound for pound strongest man in WWE, if not all of wrestling. That's high praise, very high praise. When you consider the wrestlers he's been on the roster at the same time as guys like John Cena, the big show, Brock Lesnar and Mark Henry, you know, I think that if you, kind of take the restraints off and you let Cesaro just go out there and do what he's capable of doing in the ring, I think that he can be gigantic. I think that he can be a guy who elevates the standard for main event wrestling in WWE. And as Bear said, the potential feuds, man, but Finn Balor, you know, Kushida, Roderick Strong, I would pay money to see any of those matches. Pete Dunne, you know, maybe an NXT UK appearance against Valter. That's a dream match. You know, that Timothy Thatcher, of course. It, it, the list goes on and on because, as we said, he can wrestle anybody. But the most appealing thing is he can beat anybody. And I think all it takes is that one win to remind people of that and to remind himself of that. And then he can hit the ground running because... Cesaro, quite frankly, he'd be too damn good to never win a world title. Too damn good. 
speaking of ridiculously, how the hell are they that good, talented wrestlers? Ricochet. Now, I think it's fair to say that most people actually share this opinion. Um, Ricochet, the start of his Raw run was actually very interesting. He and Aleister Black were a tag team, uh, although they were split up fairly early in their time together. We saw Ricochet have a really good feud with AJ Styles over the United States Championship. Ricochet, actually a former United States champion, uh, regarded by many as the best high flyer in the world, or at least on that uh, short list of competitors. An incredible athlete, an incredible talent, a guy who was allegedly in Lucha Underground. We still don't know who was under that Prince Puma mask, but we'll we'll take people's word for it. A uh, former two-time Lucha Underground champion, a guy who was instrumental in the American success of Dragon Gate, a guy who actually experienced a significant amount of success in New Japan, a three-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion, three-time Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Champion. He actually won the best of the Super Juniors Tournament and the Super Junior Tag Team Tournament. He's one of the best, quote-unquote, cruiserweights in the world. Uh, you know, he's a guy who won the PWG World title, won the Battle of Los Angeles twice. I keep listing these things off because Ricochet has done so much, but still we sit here and it just becomes blatantly obvious that there's more that he's capable of achieving. And perhaps he lost his way at some point, you know, maybe it was the loss to Brock Lesnar that just completely destroyed his confidence. I'm going to say this again, because I think it's the best way to frame it. If you don't know who you are right now, maybe you just got to go back to where it started. And plus, you know, usually guys have a bit of longer runs in NXT, right? Ricochet only had a year. One year. One calendar year was all it was for Ricochet in NXT before he moved to Raw with Aleister Black. Fun, another fun fact of the day, Ricochet never received an NXT championship opportunity. While with the black and gold brand, he was a staple when it came to the North American championship. He had killer matches with guys like Adam Cole, guys like Johnny Gargano for the North American championship, but never the NXT heavyweight championship. I think that's something that probably eats at Ricochet, which is an easy way for him to transition to the black and gold brand. I think it's a no brainer. You know, I'm not saying he's spinning his wheels because as, as of this recording, he's got quite the compelling storyline going on right now with Ali Mustafa Ali not Mustafa Mustafa Ali and Retribution where it's it's actually going it's it's compelling television but a move to NXT would really benefit his career plus back in March of this year um Ricochet was interviewed and he told the interviewer straight up he'd go back to NXT if he was if he was offered you know that's something that you got to take into account as well it's something he's willing to do and it's not a move down it's a you know, we've always said it on heel turns and headlocks that a move from NXT to Raw and SmackDown is a linear move. This does wonders for Ricochet, and it's not a demotion or anything like that for any of these guys. This is this is really just for him to. You're right, probably gain his confidence back, go for the NXT Championship that he's never gone for before, and the, the guy's one of the best high flyers in the world, and that's another 
really good thing to combat against AEW on Wednesday nights because they've got some pretty good high flying on that show as well. Absolutely. And, and you know, you, you make an interesting point. You're right. You know, he didn't spend a lot of time in NXT and maybe that's the problem. You know, maybe, maybe there's unfinished business. Maybe it's the fact that Ricochet never won the NXT championship. That's preventing him from taking that next step. You know, that, that, world champion level step is the fact that well he never became that in nxt how is he going to become that on raw or smackdown and that's not to say that the nxt championship is lesser than it's just this is where you started and it's like you didn't complete your mission you didn't you didn't finish what you started and that's really what it comes down to with ricochet if he goes back to nxt he'll have a chance to prove that he's not what the skeptics and the critics are saying about him that he's more than that that he's capable of being the guy because he is he's an exceptionally talented wrestler i referenced the feud with aj styles and i have a personal gripe with that feud because nobody brought this up while it was happening but Ricochet is very much like a young AJ Styles. Insanely athletic, beyond belief, probably more so than anyone else in the world. And yet, for all of the success he's experienced, it kind of seems like he doesn't have enough structure yet. Kind of like AJ's problem during that time. AJ evolved into one of the better technical wrestlers in the world. He's incredibly methodical and well-paced, and that's resulted in the success he's experienced. There's no reason Ricochet can't have similar growth as a competitor. The point is, Ricochet is capable of being the guy, and it's just a matter of finding himself at this point, figuring out who he is and what is, what is the story you're trying to tell. I think a return to NXT is the best way for him to do that. And I don't, I'm not going to say it's the only way for him to do that, but as we've said, it does seem like there's unfinished business and maybe handling that business and completing that arc is what's necessary for Ricochet to get to the next level. Now, unlike Ricochet, who never won the NXT championship, the next name on our list is a guy who did it twice. One of just three men in history to achieve that feat. Arguably the biggest signing in NXT history. A legend of New Japan Pro Wrestling, a guy who has actually had quite a career in WWE, considering really, again, much like Aleister Black, he's only been here for four years. But that guy, obviously, let's get to it. Shinsuke Nakamura, a former three-time IWGP heavyweight champion, a five-time IWGP intercontinental champion. He's done everything in New Japan, G1, New Japan Cup, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In WWE, well, as I said, a two-time NXT champion. He's a former intercontinental champion, a two-time United States champion. He is a former tag team champion. He won the Royal Rumble, and yet here we are kind of kind of wondering what the future holds and what the potential twilight years of a hall of fame career hold for Shinsuke Nakamura and it's a weird thought because when he arrived from New Japan Pro Wrestling 
most people agreed that it was a surprising development. Nakamura is one of the greatest wrestlers in New Japan history. He's one of the guys who helped elevate the company to where it is today. So why would he leave when he was so clearly, I mean, if he were still there today, he'd still be going for whatever title he decided to go for. He'd be in a similar position as Hiroshi Tanahashi, maybe even a better one, who knows, but he left and he's had again, significant success. If you consider the NXT championship to be a world championship, we do. He's essentially a grand slam champion. It's just, we're all waiting to see the return of the Shinsuke Nakamura that we know and love. And sorry to say it again, but if you can't figure out who you are right now, maybe you just got to go back to the place where it all started, or at least for Shinsuke, where it all started in WWE, which is obviously NXT, where, well, we got quite a few classics. So maybe, maybe a return home is what he needs. It's weird to think, too, that um, Nakamura's run in NXT, despite having two championship runs, he was only there for about a year and two, three months. Crazy to think about that he was there for such a short amount of time, but he succeeded so much. You know, he moves to Raw and SmackDown, and yeah, you know, he's had successes. He won the Intercontinental Championship. He's won the United States Championship. He won a Royal Rumble. Should he have won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania? Completely different topic for a completely different day, but cough, cough, cough. Yes, he should have. Damn it. Alas, he didn't. A move to NXT, having him feud with current NXT champion Finn Balor. We've seen this match before, but seeing it again, who says no? You book that on a takeover, Nakamura versus Finn Balor, that's stealing the show every single time. You know, Nakamura against really anyone in NXT would be killer. And quite frankly, as of as of right now, as of this recording, after losing the SmackDown Tag Team titles with Cesaro, we haven't seen Nakamura do much. I think this would be a fantastic move for Nakamura to kind of revitalize his career. And, you know, you're right. His part, maybe his last years as an active pro wrestler. We don't, we, we don't know that for sure, but you know, he's getting up there in age and that's usually what happens when you get up there in age, you retire. So seeing him, you know, compete at such a high level again and doing so in NXT, I think that's really what he needs for his career and really what NXT could use as another shot, an injection, if you will, of really just putting more depth on that roster. And it's star power. You know, we honestly are not the kind of people who give a single damn about ratings and wars, but if you're out to try and win a war, I mean, in the wrestling context, you need star power. Shinsuke Nakamura would probably be the biggest name on either show at least high on that list uh, would give nxc an entirely new element i also think you know the difference between let's say shinsuke nakamura and the other wrestlers on this list is i do think that in the back of his mind becoming wwe champion is still a goal and I don't want this to make to portray NXT as some kind of stopgap because it's not. But you know, wrestlers go between brands. It's how it, it's just how it works. I think having Shinsuke Nakamura return to NXT, potentially win the NXT championship for a third time, 
that might give him the confidence that he may be lacking to go back to Raw or SmackDown and become WWE or Universal Champion. And if that were to occur, you know, you're talking about a legacy in a completely different light. And by the way, if you doubt whether or not Nakamura can quote unquote get over again, just change his theme back. Just change his damn theme back. You'll see just how quick that man gets over with that theme song blaring in arenas when fans are allowed back in. That's that's that'll do it, you know. Now, if these five aren't the ones that you were hoping to hear us talk about, we apologize. We've got a number that you can text. We'll give that to you in a little bit. For now, we've got an honorable mention to maybe maybe give you a little bit more of what you want. A guy who selfishly, I hope, continues to do commentary because he's probably the best commentator around right now. But unselfishly, this guy is an absolute legend of independent wrestling. He's on that Mount Rushmore. He's on the TNA Mount Rushmore, the Ring of Honor Mount Rushmore, the NXT Mount Rushmore. One of the only other men besides Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor to win the NXT championship twice, that's Samoa Joe. And can't stress enough how much I would miss him on commentary, but the man, if he's going to get back in the ring, well... Raw and SmackDown work too because Joe can be anywhere and should be successful. But imagine if he does come back to NXT and really starts to turn the tide for the black and gold brand and really reminds people, yeah, I'm the guy who took that title off of Finn in the first place. This is the reason why we have him as an honorable mention. It's because of the, I don't want to say lack of success on the main roster, quote unquote main roster, I'm sorry. It's not about the lack of success on Raw and SmackDown. It's just he's had some really bad luck with injuries. And he's an honorable mention because we still think, we still believe in Joe. We still believe Samoa Joe can make an, pun intended, an impact on Raw or SmackDown wherever he so chose to compete. As of right now, yeah, he's killing it on commentary. But just imagine him on Raw or SmackDown actively, you know, wrestling or actively, you know, the guy's such a, great talker he's i'd love to see him in a feud with roman reigns and paul Heyman at the helm of the microphone there you know that just screams money but you know you want to put him back to nxt this is a guy that oh man like seeing him go against a guy like adam cole roderick strong bobby fish kyle o'reilly major ring of honor vibes there you know what i mean and even if you don't i'd love to see uh i mean it is a technically Ring of Honor vibe type match, but a match with, um, I was about to call him Punishment Martinez, but he's Damian Priest now. Damian Priest against Samoa Joe would be a banger of a match. You know, seeing Joe against Champa, Joe against Gargano, Joe against anyone in NXT is really going to probably turn the needle for the black and gold brand. But again, he's an honorable mention, at least to me. I can't speak for Brain, but he's an honorable mention to me because. We haven't seen him sustain any, eh, I wouldn't say any because he's a two-time United States champion, but I know he's meant for more. And putting Joe back on NXT would really do, probably do wonders for his career above all else, but really put NXT probably over the top in terms of that roster depth and, you know, it's not a developmental brand anymore. We said that before. 
Joe on that brand really solidifies it as one of the better wrestling brands in wrestling right now, not just WWE, but all across the board. You put Joe on NXT and you got killer feuds. You put any of these guys on NXT and you know, you're going to make that roster better. But Joe in particular, man, like I hope he comes back soon and I hope that he kills it and he's got so much potential and I know that he's getting up there in age, but I want to see Joe succeed, man. So bad. He's one of the greatest of all time. And for those of you who didn't experience his career, I know you might roll your eyes at that. And maybe you did experience and you disagree. I don't know. But the growth of independent wrestling, Samoa Joe deserves as much credit for that as any individual wrestler. The change of style in wrestling over the past 15 years, again, Joe deserves a lot of credit for that. You see a lot of bigger guys moving in ways that they previously didn't move. Joe deserves a lot of credit for that. Joe is a pioneer, and Joe is a guy who... It would be a shame if he doesn't get to walk away from WWE with at least one WWE championship reign. I'll say that. But if he can't get that another NXT championship reign to just kind of remind people who the hell he is, that would that would at least give him that one last chance to solidify his maybe not one last, I don't want to say that, but one more chance to solidify his legacy as what he is, which is once again an all-time great. And that and lady- there's an I'm sorry, if there's a name that we forgot, 614-450-0366. If there's a name that you think we should have included, please let us know on 614-450-0366 or any form of social media, be it Facebook, be it Twitter, be it Instagram, be it almost MySpace. By the way, Brian, Gary V today tweeted about um, what's the first thing you think of MySpace? Now, if that's a... If that's something that Gary V like buys MySpace and be- makes it a thing, like that's good. That I can't wait. MySpace, we're coming for you. Put us in your top eight. Boom. And Sorry that, to cut you off there, buddy. No. And on that note, thank you everybody for fifty. This is surreal. We love you all so much. We, I could go on a whole tangent here. I won't. All I'm going to say is thank you. We couldn't have gotten here without you, and we love you very much for that. So thank you so much. Stay safe out there, everybody. And if you can't do anything else, keep on loving professional wrestling. Boom. You've been listening to Heel Turns and Headlocks with Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back soon with more. But until then, reach out on Facebook at Heel Turns and Headlocks, on Twitter at Heel underscore Turns underscore Pod, and on Instagram at Heel Turns and Headlocks. We'll see you next time.